Welcome everyone to another episode of Doze Nose. This episode is being brought to you in part by Green Organic Superfood Brew, Mokalele Airlines, Hurley, Oakley, GoPro, Kona Coffee and Tea, Maverick Sport Fishing, Deuce Gym, and Original Nutritionals. Don't forget, if you're ever in Kona, go check out Kona Boys. They've been surfing up gear for Island Life in Aloha since 1996. They're the one-stop shop for ocean fun. They operate a legit selection of local-style activities, including historical va'a rides, paddleboard tours and lessons, and they're one of the only companies permitted to do kayak tours in Kalakikua Bay. So if you need rentals for boards, bikes, boogies, or other beach goodies, Kona Boys is your spot. They have two locations. One is down in Kalakikua. It's their main store. They have all kinds of gear from Patagonia to their own Kona Boys gear, surfboards, leashes, deck pads, stand-up paddleboards, dive gear. They've got it all. The other store is down in uh, King Kamehameha Beach Hotel, and you can go out there right on the beach, rent stuff. And I was there the other day, um, got some stand-up paddleboards with some friends, went out, uh, waves were pumping, saw a shark. It was so much fun. Um, if you're down at either one of those shops, tell them you heard this on Doe's Nose. You can get 15% off. Also, if uh, you go online to their website, konaboys.com, at uh, checkout, punch in Doe's Nose, get 15% off. So go see Frank and Brock. They're the men. Go take care of them. They'll take care of you. Um, don't forget, you guys can find me on all social media, such as Dozer Dave on Instagram, Dozer Dave Barnett on Facebook, Dozer Dave Knows on Twitter, and my website, dozenose.com, where you can see a more in-depth look at our guests, links to our sponsors, and uh, also listen to the podcast right there. There's all kinds of cool stuff on that website, and it keeps changing every day, so check it out. Um, we have a really good guest on this week. It's uh, Mayan Goodwin. He is a Hurley team rider, fellow Hurley team rider, pro surfer. This guy is the real deal. He uh, was born and raised in Kauai and Fiji, uh, spent his whole life growing up as just a little village kid in Fiji. Um, if Naked Was in Afraid was designed after somebody, it'd be designed after this guy. This guy's such a badass. Um, he's married to Daisy Goodwin. You might remember her as Daisy Shane, uh, former two-time world champ, pro surfer, longboard pro surfer, uh, super stylish. Um, they have two beautiful kids, True and Given, and they're super excited because they just came out with their new movie called Given. And uh, Amayan's going to tell us all about that movie during this podcast. So Amayan, welcome to the show. show bro yeah right on thank you thanks for having me dude it's uh we're sitting here at this beautiful beach right now waves are crashing wind is blowing birds are chirping we're living the life 
Yeah, this is awesome. Big Island. It's nice to be over here. It's, it's just a pretty amazing. I come every time I come back here, I'm baffled by the beauty of the place and just stoked to be here with the family. Yeah, you guys got over here um, on Tuesday. Today's Sunday. Um, you were able to hang out over in Hilo for a few days, go see the lava flow, take the family out there. How cool was that? Yeah, no, that was awesome. Um, you know, the kids were a little freaked out at first, thinking of lava. They're thinking that they're going to be, you know, lava is going to come over top of them and, and burn them to death. But uh, no, it was cool to get them out there and have them overcome their little lava fear and, uh, you know, see, um, just see that color. You don't right. see, there's just no color like that in the world. Now, what time did you guys go? In the morning or the evening? Uh, we went in the afternoon and, and kind of watched the sunset and then uh -huh. stuck it through for about another hour after dark. And so that's when the colors really pop. Yeah, it's so right. nice. Yeah, yeah. because I usually leave here at like 1 o'clock in the morning. Then I head over there, get there probably around 3.30, yeah. and then start hiking in as that sun's coming up right there. And the same thing, you know, you, you're seeing bright oranges and reds and then all of a sudden into pinks and just dude it's so amazing yeah no that's we got to do that one next time yeah for sure yeah i, I know you don't like to get up that early though but the uh, whole key is like just that. don't go to bed yeah hey, for something <laughs> like that i'm up you know it's just more the i don't know I'm, I'm trying to work on that this year i'm trying to get up and, and enjoy the mornings a little more yeah so my dad's always told me so your dad's uh, an early riser he is when i get up when i do get up early I, I really enjoy it. It's just hard, like, crawling out of bed. I think it's all those parasites I got in me. I got to get out first, and then I'll, <laughs> I'll be back at it. <laughs> do you have parasites? I do. I just went and got checked out from this uh, homeopathy doctor on Kauai, and um, I got so many parasites. Really? Just from traveling. Yeah. It's wow. Nuts. Yeah. How, how many different countries have you been to? Uh, I actually don't even know. I have never counted, but uh, a lot. Yeah. Yeah. At least half the world, I would think, something like that. Wow. Yeah. Now, um, you grew up on, you got a really cool story, you know, because you grew up on Kauai, half your life in Kauai, half your life in Fiji. Yeah. How amazing is that? Yeah, no, it was an awesome upbringing. Um, just real raw and rural, uh -huh. you know, simple lifestyle, which is really what I lo love. And um, yeah, it was really cool. I mean, you know, it, it's, uh, it's hard to do that these days. Yeah, there's 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 so many so many more people in the world, and all these cultures are being um, kind of slowly diving into the materialistic world and being you know overpowered with with money and and um, stuff like that. So it was a cool time to grow up back mm -hmm. then. Um, it's amazing how quickly things change within 30 years. You know? Right. Right. When were you born? 78. Okay. Yeah. So Kauai was still really raw. Yeah. Fiji um, was just, whew. Yeah. I, I can only imagine. There probably wasn't even really a, the only big city there was probably Suva. Yeah. And it wasn't even a big city. Yeah. No. I mean, people were still. Village. In, in grass shacks. It yeah. Was, it was all coconut, coconut leaf woven grass shacks called bures. And that's how they live. And I mean, they still live like that to this day in, uh -huh. in some places, but. Back then, it was all grass shacks, and mm -hmm. now, you know, the infrastructure's grown, and, um, you know, money's come in, uh, you know, Chinese and Indian and et cetera. So, you know, it's changed a lot, but um, they still have their their culture intact for the most part. The Fijians, which is one thing that's great about over there, is the Fijians still have control of the land. 
Mm-hmm. So that's a big one. Right. Now, you, what part of Fiji did you grow up in? In the northern part? Yeah. Because we're, just... we're used to going down to Tavarua all the time. And so yeah. that's where I get to see Fiji. I have done a couple of trips where I've gone up north towards Latoka yeah. and then, you know, around where they do the Fiji water plant and all mm-hmm. that. But I think you were like way farther up, huh? Yeah. No, we're more by the Lao group. Uh huh. So, yeah. Um, On the eastern. Northeastern. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's pretty, it's, it's out there. There's no, you know, the last airport is, is Taviuni. Uh-huh. And then from there you take boats for hours to get to where, where this village is that I grew up. And, um, so yeah, it's really, really far out there, you know, day to day is just, uh, out, you know, hunting and gathering for that day to eat. Did you guys have electricity? No electricity. No, no it was like full jungle village style. Kerosene lanterns. Huh. Um, and if you were lucky, you know, you you might have enough fuel sometimes for your for your Coleman lantern and you get a little more light but for the most part just kerosene lanterns that nice kind of gold light and uh-huh. um you know you're powered so hard in the day that come nighttime you're pretty much you know you're out yeah yeah and then you're up early and off to the next day hunting or gathering every that's day pretty much what everybody in the village did right that's it there's that's always Sundays were relaxed days you couldn't kill anything or do anything so that was the church day but every other day you're literally it was from sun up to sundown you're hunting and gathering yeah Yeah. I know Kelly Kelly has told me that um, of all people that should be on the show naked and afraid it should be you (laughs) (laughs) but you would probably school everybody make it look so easy I don't know there's some warriors out there yeah Um, but yeah it's it's uh it was a great upbringing, great upbringing, um, which is, that's kind of what we're trying to do with our kids, you know, what, get them out there. Right. What was it like being, you know, just a, a tall, lanky little white boy in a Fijian village? They accept you just the way you were? And- you know, the Fijians are so amazing. You know, their culture is just so warm and friendly and, um, you know, they really welcome you. You know, you, you walk through a village over there, and if there's someone in the home and they see you walking by, they're going to invite you in for tea. Right. You know, they're going to give you the, the food, all the food they got, and they want to talk to you. And They got the biggest smiles they on got the, the planet. Biggest, yeah, I mean, they're just such happy people. And, you know, we were, when we first went there, nobody spoke English. Uh-huh. You know, we, my dad just, basically, some guy came in from out in the middle of nowhere, and and uh, was on a boat with a sail, and it was just this old, you know, junky, heavy wooden boat. He had sailed for like six or eight hours to get to the, where we were, which is the last airport. And um, we were camping, and the guy just pointed out to these to the open ocean. You couldn't even see islands. And huh. my dad was like, "All right." He just packed up our campsite and jumped in the boat after he had gotten his supplies that he came to to the island for, and we went out just like that. And from that moment on, uh, we were hooked. It was six months every year. And, um, but yeah, just warm people. They're so welcoming and they were, it was, it was awesome to be able to, now they speak English and, you know, they got a, an awesome school out there and uh-huh. we try to help out as much as we can with that, you know, over the years. And is it, is that where you first learned how to surf or was that on Kauai? No, Kauai. Yeah. yeah. I never really surfed out in Fiji too much in the North. I was just always diving or fishing. Right. Yeah. Do they have good surf spots up there? There's some waves. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I know Dylan Fish, he grew up or has a place. His parents have a place. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's real fickle. Yeah. You know, it's, it's hard to get good waves there. Yeah. But there is some waves. 
Yeah. And then, of course, you know, we've got Cloudbreak. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's the best wave in the world, if you ask me. Best wave in the world. Yeah. Yeah. So many. Here comes a plane coming in. Yeah. Um, Yeah. We're sitting just outside the airport. So there will be a couple of planes coming in and out, but uh, I don't think it's going to pick up too much on this thing. Not Uh, bad. So, you know, you're famous for being a pipe specialist. Um, How tall are you? 6'5". Dude, you're huge. Yeah. You're huge. I got some length on me for sure. (laughs) You're as big as your eyebrows. It's good and bad. (laughs) Sometimes it's good to be tall. Sometimes it's not so good. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But, um, you know, I I was telling you this the other day. I remember last year uh, watching you take off on one second reef. And I was over at the Quicksilver house and and uh, Reef was like, there's there's Oma right there. And all of a sudden you took off second Reef, just giant freaking wave down the line, down the line and set up for that inside bowl. And it just, it was ridiculous watching you get spit out of that thing. <laughs> I'm scared. I'm scared to Me death. Me too, man. That. <laughs> <laughs> Pipeline's scary. You, you make it I mean, look really easy. You got a lot of style. You're no, one of thanks. the style masters around. You, know, no, you and Rob and um, Jerry Lopez, and you guys all bring that really, really killer style, and you've got that big, lanky frame, you know? Yeah, you got to use what you got. I'm, I'm lucky I got my long arms, and um, it's fun to sit out at that second reef bubble, and you can get lucky sometimes and get a little roll in. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, pipeline's scary, you know, and, um, you've had one of the most horrific wipeouts at pipeline as yeah. well too. Yeah. You, you want to walk us through that? Cause it is something that literally changed your life. You know, a lot of people would say, it would look at that and go, Oh my God, that was, um, career ending. It's, uh, a bad thing that happened, but it ended up being a really positive thing for you. But why don't you walk us through that, that whole day? Yeah. I mean, that was, you know, a beautiful evening at pipeline. I love, I love surfing the afternoons out there. Uh, that's really when it seems to turn on, um, really shine. And, um, they just love that green light, that green kind of color, you know, when you're paddling back out after a wave, it's just mesmerizing. And, um, yeah, I just kind of had paddled out. I caught one little wave before that. Was feeling good and uh How big was it that day? It was like 8 feet solid or something, you know. It was yeah. really coming in nice. It wasn't too it wasn't like bombing second reef or anything, but it was that really nice size where there was probably a few 10-footers that you know, hit the reef or cap. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of that really fun epic vertical, really clean pipeline size, you know. And um yeah, I just kind of, you know, I was in the spot on this on this wave. I turned around and um, you know went on the wave. Was just kind of setting up for. I was right in the on the perfect place uh, with that wave, and I was setting up to kind of come up into the barrel. And right when I came up into the barrel, I looked more ahead, and I could see someone dropping in, and um, just kind of fell. They they dropped and didn't make the drop, and their board carried on down the face, and then they slid down the face as well so there was a, an eight foot board and then their body um in front of me and i kind of had to make a quick quick decision whether to just kind of keep going my line which would have ran them over ran them over or cut toward the lip toward the right um and try to just just avoid them as best i could and uh right when i cut to the right i tried to jump but i was fully extended and the lip hit me in the on my back leg and i could feel my foot hit me in the chest wow. came up and 
I specifically remember my foot hitting me in the chest and then I was just like, oh man, that's bad. That was a bad one. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and then, you know, coming up after that wave, I was trying to grab my foot because I knew it was, I was trying to grab my leash. It was my leash leg uh-huh. and, uh, tried to get my leash so that I would, it wouldn't pull on my leg the next wave and I couldn't get my foot. And then I saw that my foot was off to the side by my kind of like by my hip kind of up, up Just in the whitewash around. flapping and I couldn't get it quick enough <laughs> and, um, took the next wave on the head, which was actually a good thing. Cause it pulled my legs straight back into, into position, into position. And then, um, yeah, then just carried on, you know, made my way to the beach, had some, you know, I think a couple of people helped me out, Kalani, Kalani Chapman and some other guys helped me to the beach and, um, ended up tearing all my, all my ligaments and disintegrating my knee really pretty much, uh, ACL, PCL, MCL. Uh-huh. And, uh, I was out for a year, had a great surgeon in, in, uh, California, Warren Kramer. Right. And then, but my son was just born, Yeah. you know, and, uh. It was a blessing. And it you were right, you were right in the prime of your of your surfing career. Right yeah, then and there too. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. It was right. It was kind of right in the when I was really feeling comfortable and um, confident um, in my in my ability and uh, in my boards and everything was was good. But you know, life will life will deal you deal you cards out of nowhere and and. Um, and at the time, maybe, you, you know, you, it's hard to read them, but in a lot of, usually when you look back and you, you can kind of tell that, um, there's a lot of positives in, in all the, all the cards and all the situations that you go through. And that to me was, was a turning point in my life. It was a, it was more of a blessing than anything. And I, if I had to do it all over again, I would do the exact same thing Right. because I just laid with my son for the first year of his life. And there was a bond there that, that, you know. You can you never, just, yeah. you, you can never, you can never get that. Like, right. no matter what, you know. Um, people go out and have nine to five jobs. I was able to just lay with my son, and 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 that bond became really strong. And um, yeah, I just feel blessed to have had that injury. I'm thankful for it. Yeah, it's kind of ironic that um, you know you were saying Kalani Chapman helped pull you out, and then a few weeks ago, we yeah. Kalani got one of the most insane, and it was it was the same type of thing. Like I was talking about your wave last. Last year, I saw you catch. Yeah, where he took off on a second reef, bomb, and pulled in, and it looked like he made it all the way to the end, and then it just something happened, and yeah. we almost lost him. Yeah, that was gnarly. Yeah, that's gnarly. That's gnarly. I mean, I'm stoked to hear that he's he's doing well, and um, you know, that's what's great to have to have people out there that can you know that are they're quickly they're always watching you yeah know? it's it's really awesome that people are always watching and they could get to him that quickly and get him out of the water and yeah. uh thank god for his leash holding like that you know not breaking and um yeah hopefully i hope kalani's doing all right i heard he's doing pretty good yeah one of the things about pipeline is luckily it breaks really close to the beach yeah it's the best place in the world to watch waves like that and um so you do you have every house has got tons of people photographers everywhere you got hundred people in the water surfing yeah. you know in one tiny little spot yeah all the lifeguards and um so if, if you are going to get hurt that's probably the best place to get hurt yeah for sure i mean the people are a lot of times are are, <laughs> are what make it dangerous out there right and then but at the same time it's nice to have people out there that can help when need was that your scariest moment at pipe or um yeah, well, I've hit my head out there a couple times, uh-huh. split my head open. Those are scary when you hit your head, you know? Yeah. Um, 
there's so many scary moments out there. It's just like you, you get caught inside on the first reef. I mean, you're thrown up in the channel. There's there's so many moments. Um, but as far as injury, that was just the the, the longest that I was out. You know, right. as far as a pipeline injury, but. Yeah, I get scared every time paddling out there. Yeah. Now, you're uh, happily married. You know, your wife is two-time world champ, pro surfer, Daisy. And uh, we all love her to death. Sweetheart. (laughs) She's awesome. You've got two beautiful children, true and given. Yeah. And, um, you know, like you said at that time, it it was right in the beginning stages of given's life. And and it just kind of turned everything for you at that point. And... um, you know, you were able to get that bond going on and uh, and do something that a lot of dads don't ever get to do. Yeah. You know, um, your dad actually did it with you. Um, was able to just throughout your whole growing up years, you know, and in turn you've turned that around to make sure that you're able to do that for your own kids as well. And you guys have got the greatest movie out right now. We just got to, done watching it at the Kona Surf Film Festival last night. and uh, Yeah, that was fun. It was so much fun. Um, yeah, you know, um, having kids for me, always hearing my dad talk about, you know, him raising me and, and diving into the past and, and, and our whole, uh, my whole childhood, I never really uh, understood it until I had kids and uh-huh. realized how, you know, my dad was just such an insane human to just pick up and go and, and go into these rural and outskirt areas with just a, just me, you know, it was, that was it. Like yeah. no money, no nothing. And he, he made do with what he had and he knew that everything was going to be okay. And, uh, once I had kids that really, all that stuff really stuck and, and, um, and it put things in, in perspective you know, when one of that injury and then I was with my son and I was just like, okay, you know, this is, there's a bigger picture here. You know, this is some higher power telling me like, Hey, you know, this is, this is what your life is about now, uh-huh. your children and your kids and, and your wife. And, um, so, so yeah, that was, you know, that was kind of, that hit me hard and, and making this film and being able to do this, we had always planned on traveling with our kids no matter what mm-hmm. like we were going to go whether we were doing a film or not and it just so happens that um a friend of mine was was amped to do it so we we took off and and made it happen um and yeah we're proud of the of the film how uh, long did it take to film this thing because you guys went to like 18 different countries to film this yeah it was a two-year a full two-year deal from the moment our daughter was born uh-huh. um for a solid two years Wow. And then, um, you know, it's six. It's and that's kind of how the movie starts is, is Daisy giving birth to true. Yeah. And, uh, I found that, you know, just totally amazing, you know? Yeah. No, it's, it was, it took a lot for her to, to, you know, go out and do, and, and, you know, do that on camera and, and, yeah. and um, I have a lot of respect for her. My wife's always been a, a just a go for it girl. She's, she's not really scared of what people think of her or she's, she's really, um, is who she is. And I, and I respect that about her. And, uh, but yeah, it starts off with, with the birth of true and it's two years. And and now we're almost six years later. Finally, Iceland, Iceland, yeah. Iceland, Ireland, Israel, Nepal, Thailand, um, all over the Pacific, Fiji and Marshall islands. Right. uh, Yeah. There's a plethora of, of beautiful places that we went and, um, it's just such a great experience for the kids. Each 
each place has its own feeling. Uh-huh. And as adults, I feel like we're more numb, you know, but for the children, even if they can't speak the language or, or talk yet, they put their bare feet in the soil uh-huh. and they crawl around on the, on the beach. They're soaking up an energy there that's yeah. unexplainable. Yeah. That's what I believe, at least. There's yeah. something there, um, and it's it's being you know embedded into it, and hope, hopefully that that energy can um, can lead them into good things, and you know being able to be doing good things on our planet and living a good life, you know. Right. Now um, it had to be really freaking cool just sitting there watching these, watching your kids, see, just seeing them take it all in, you know. All of a sudden you show up and there's icebergs on the beach. Yeah. You know, dad's surfing amongst icebergs. <laughs> you know, they're, they're just like, ah. And, the, and it's cool because the whole movie was narrated by Given. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's through, a, through, through his, his perspective, you know, through his eyes, um, which is great because it takes a little, it just takes that uh, seriousness away from it and, and really um, allows the purity of, the, of, the, of a child's vision. And, mm-hmm. and um, you know, a lot of the words are, are his words, you know. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's really cool. It's, it, it's crazy how time flies, you know, all of a sudden it's like my kids are eight, five and eight, you know, <laughs> five and eight. Yeah. And, uh, it, they're so much fun too. You know, they have so much, you know, good energy to them. They, they laugh, they have fun, <laughs> <laughs> they cause trouble. Kids are wild, man. They're crazy <laughs> they're crazy so animals. Wild. <laughs> oh my God. And, uh, every time, you know, get, you guys come over here and stay with me, um, I always give given a new knife. Oh yeah, he he is so excited to come see Dozer. <laughs> Dozer's got some new thing for me. I know it. Give me something killer. <laughs> and he, you know, you know him. He loves knives. He, any kind of knife, bow and arrow, you know, anything that he can go hunting with or yeah. carve with, or he just loves that kind of stuff. Oh yeah, That's for cool. sure. So Embedded I in his I gave him that U.S. Army K bar knife this yeah. trip, and he's just the look on his face, dude. He's just like speechless. <sighs> Oh, oh my yeah. god, okay. First I'm gonna thing, keep this thing for life. <laughs> first thing he came to the beach, he got some driftwood and he was carving it up, you know. Or yeah. we went and got a um a filing stone, you know. Uh-huh. So he's he sharpened it really sharp and then he's been carving with it, so it's it's already going to use. Nice. Is yeah. is he notorious for losing stuff too? Uh not his knives. Yeah. He loses everything else. <laughs> but his <laughs> knives, he's actually pretty soft, pretty good with his knives, which is a good thing. Yeah. That's all you need. Now, um, you're interested in shooting, like, an old recurve Indian-style bow? Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I, like, I want to get you pig hunting with me. I would love to. I just love the um, being able to use uh, something that you my own make. power. Right. That energy and power that you can make something and then use that to, uh, to hunt. I, I like that. Yeah. Yeah, because um, I, w- I want to see you... You know, let's go back to the movie just for a second, because one of the best parts about the movie, and, the, and it's and everything leads up to this one climatic moment in the movie, and it was um, you spearing a freaking giant ulua. Yeah. And how big was that thing? That thing looked like solid. I don't know the I don't know the the exact size, but uh, I had a, we had a scale for our bags, and we weighed it. It, the scale went to 150, and it just bottomed the scale out really quickly. So it was over 150 pounds. It was uh, the Fijians were saying uh, 170 or something like that, but they they kind of exaggerate sometimes. How the it hell, was big. It was how really the hell big. did you do it, dude? I've never seen anybody 
friggin' spear. And and first of all, that spear looked like it was super flimsy, super long and super flimsy. Well, it's a hardwood. It's it's strong, but um, you want them to be a little bit uh, flimsy just so that it can move with the with the movement of the fish. Uh huh. Um, but yeah, you know. Do Fijians do that? That's the Fijian. That's the old Fijian art, and, and a Polynesian art, I guess, in, in a lot of Polynesian uh, countries. Uh-huh. But um, that's what the old the old Fijian men do. You know, they they love that. They go out, and it's their time to be out on the ocean, um, and they'll spend a whole day, as I do, as on, I a, love to on do. a little piece of rock with the waves crashing all around your little rock. Yeah, just trying to stay in control to stay on the rock. Sometimes you sometimes you're on the rock. Sometimes you chum for fish. Sometimes you just walk around the island and and you know tie, you get lucky and fish come in. Right. Um, but in that case, I was chumming with uh, rock crabs and white e- white eels. And, oh wow! Um, so I I brought those the fish in. Mm-hmm. You know and uh, were there any other ones there? There's or? fish that come in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know you kind of make that decision whether or not to shoot or not and. Um, I was, I just kind of knew that um, I don't know. It's a feeling there's, that you have sometimes, and you can't really explain it. But I knew there was something going to come in, right. and uh, and when you saw this thing come in, dude, you probably were just like, "What the fuck?" I was just focused. <laughs> there was no. I was just so focused. I had been sitting there for five hours and and um, just focusing on color and, and and texture and water and movement, and that's what I love. That I just love reading water. And uh, I saw that color, and there's there's just something so beautiful about a, a the color of an ulua when you see it. Right. Uh, and um, yeah, it just triggered, and I was just like on from there. And and uh, it was a battle. It was a real. It was more of a spiritual battle in the end. Afterwards, you know, going through taking an animal like that, <clears throat> taking a fish like that, the size, going through the 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 battle in the water, and. Yeah, what happened? What, what happened whenever you speared it? Did you have to jump in on it as well? Yeah, I mean, right when I speared it, I jumped with the spear and uh, and was just trying to get an arm in a in a gill because uh-huh. you know there was there's I, I made barbs on the spear, but that was it. There's no rope. There's no nothing. So it's like I've got to use my own energy and my own skill to 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 get this fish somehow. And it should never have happened. I don't know how, like, the fact that it happened is just baffling. Um, but for whatever reason, it did. And I, it was dragging me all over the reef for, like, you know, 30 minutes. Wow. And um, Trying to pull you under get, as well. I'd get a gill, and then it would shred my hand, and, and I'd get my hand would get whipped out, and the tail would hit me, and, and then I'd be on the back of my spear torpedoing underwater, like flying underwater and just see bubbles and, and hear the sound of the tail just. <laughs> and then I would climb up the spear and, and get up on top of the back of the fish and try to get my hand in the gill. And sometimes I'd like accidentally get my hand in the mouth and like almost get, you know, just it was just this insane battle. And then, oh you know, eventually and then it was taking me into deeper water, too. So I would it would take me down and I'd have to hold my breath and then it would. Then I'd use my foot to shoot up sideways, kind of veering it towards shallower water. Uh-huh. And, um, and so you're in super a, sharky water, too, as it is. And the thing's already bleeding at this point. And yeah, I mean, I was never worried about sharks for some reason. I think they, they this respect. This thing is as big as a shark anyway, they were respect, they, I think they just were <laughs> respecting the battle that was going down or something, but... It was, in, it was insane. And then, you know, and then obviously after all of that and then 
getting it to a point where I could stand and I had my hand once I got my hand in the gill and it was in there I just locked and there was I was not letting go right and, now did uh, you slide it up through the gill and then out through the mouth no 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 way it would just snap my hand so I just had it in the gill just just gripping like you know the three of the big gills and the gills are like razors themselves oh, yeah so oh, my, yeah. my hand was just shredded but I if, if you're gonna grab the gill you gotta grab you can't half grab you gotta just go for it and um and then eventually I got to a point where I was standing and used one of the the spokes of the spears to kind of come up through the other gill and pop up through the gill into the into the brain and and yeah got it and that was and then you know just Walking back, my I was convulsing. I was shaking with adrenaline. And was anybody around watching? Yeah, there was the film crew. Well, the f- film crew. Yeah, and there was a, my Fijian brothers were there, and they were just like tripping, tripping, just like screaming. What the hell is this freaking yeah. white guy doing, man? And I let out like a crazy war cry, just unexplained. Like I didn't, you know, it just came out, you know. Right. It was like this, this wild war cry, and. um like screaming and then uh <laughs> and then it, then after that it was like i was shaking but then i went into like a like i said a kind of a spiritual thing journey with that because it's something that i always wanted to accomplish with the throwing spear i've right. speared several alua in the past but nothing of that size you know and um and that and having it happen and having it happen like that uh and then you know once i took the fish and, and cleaned the fish you know, it was filled with babies. Wow. And, um, and so that really hit me hard. You know, yeah. it was like, um, it was, I, I became sad then. It was like, it was because it went from this kind of ego thing of like, I got this big animal, this big fish, and, and all this dream it kinda, had kind of happened for me. But then, it, then I, you know, reality sunk in and, and it was kind of like, hey, um, hopefully the next time if something like that happens i don't take the shot i just enjoy the beauty of the fish and watch it swim away right you know unless i got to feed feed a village Uh but as far as feeding my family uh you know i just it was kind of it was was definitely a it was an intense intense all-around moment you know right right because there's i don't know there's so few big fish in the sea these days and they're the ones that really supply really reproduce a lot of right. a lot of babies you know i mean there was thousands of babies in there so that hit me pretty hard and and um i haven't speared a fish since then huh that was five years ago wow wow yeah because you know right here we're we're looking right here off this kona coast and um it's world famous for having the biggest marlin in the world yeah right here literally a couple hundred yards out yeah um, and that's one of the things that we, tri- you know, they kill those big ones in tournaments, um, just to see who's got the biggest one. Right. Yeah. But normally we don't do that, you mm-hmm. know, um, just because they are, they're the breeders yeah. they're full of babies Yeah. and it's the same type of situation. So, yeah, I mean the true, and I think that that in the end, you know, the true connection and the, the true love for the ocean I think comes back with that you know you if you really genuinely care in your heart about the ocean and about fishing the true fishermen uh take what they need right and they they're not they don't need to take anymore right those are the real fishermen in my mind those are the real uh you know hunters and um you know you go out and you take what you need and 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 
if you need more, go back the next day or the next, you know, couple days or whatever. Right. But yeah, don't just go out there and oh my god, there's uh, you, you see a lot of these guys they post on social media. They just freaking got fifty freaking mimpachi, you know, tons of uku freaking. 80 lobsters and their their whole driveway is freaking covered well really, yeah why'd you have to do that yeah and i mean i've been there before too when i was you know i i was i used to do that all the time when i was a kid and younger and and you you know ideally you grow through that and like um so that 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 experience with that fish opened my eyes to that right and it made me really realize that hey you know uh just you know take care take care of where you are and, and, and where you live in the ocean and we want our children to be able to, to fish mm-hmm. and catch fish and eat fish right. and have them be healthy and um, we're going to go out there and just you know rape the reef and, and kill everything in sight um, we're not setting good examples for, for anyone else you know exactly. so it's kind of like our it's our duty our kuleana to, to do that you know right now you um live over in Hyanna on the far side of Kauai um, and you guys have pretty much made your, your whole place where you live super self-sustained you know with gardens and fruits and vegetables and and all of that you know yeah we're getting there yeah um, it's been a lot of fun I mean to be able to dive into the to the to the the soil and, and plant and, and share it with our kids and um, we're blessed we're, we're, we live in a blessed place as you guys do over here and uh, yeah I mean it's so fun it's fun to, to plant a fruit tree and then watch it produce and then eat the fruit off the tree you planted yeah and that's such a great message um, yeah you know with the, with the kids my kids love it like they planted these my son planted some trees and we just had the first seasons this year and it was insane, you know, mango and tangelo and um, lemon and all these different different fruit trees. It was really cool, yeah. you know, to go through that process with them and, and them be so excited like, Dad, the flowers are it's flowering for the first year, you know. Right. Like, it's pretty awesome. Now, you guys have created um, some tree houses and... Uh, you guys got a bus that you guys refurbished and made it into a killer place and yeah no we've got we've uh it's been fun it's been fun we got a bus school bus and and kind of made it into a house bus and now it's a it's a little school for our kindergarten for our daughter's class we wow. have a teacher that lives there and um yeah it's fun it's you know we the, there hasn't been too much planning it's just kind of evolved and 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 it just is has become what it is mm-hmm. by just one step at a time and allowing things to happen, um, and yeah, we're 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 lucky. And Here comes another seven forty seven. Yeah, this one's actually pretty cool looking because it is covered in flowers and palm trees. It's in Alaska Airlines, but it's their Hawaii plane. I've never seen that plane before in my life. That thing's killer. That thing's rad, man. It's got beaches and yeah. Have you ever been to Alaska? No, that's one place I really want to go. Yeah, me too. I've never been either. I've been planning. My son, I told him on his 10th birthday, we'll, we'll do a father-son like camp out, hunting, fishing trip up there. Oh, my God. I got so many friends that have the sickest places up there. And they're like, we've got airplanes, helicopters, boats. 
oh, cabins man. way out in the wilderness, motorhomes. You can just come up there and grab it and just go. See, that's what go I want to do. I want to do the cabin. I want to do the cabin in the wilderness. Oh yeah, they'll fly you out there with their seaplanes. Yeah, land you on the on the river and drop you off. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, that's what I want to do. Right, we got to do it. Yeah, yeah, we got to do be that. Perfect. Just grab the kids and go. Yeah, we got to do that. Yeah, because. Um, I'm excited. I've I've never gone. So um, the the closest I've been up to the Pacific Northwest, like or anything like that, you know, I go hunting out in Idaho. Yeah, stuff like that, and I love it up there. So anytime I can get in the mountains, yeah, Idaho is beautiful. All that country, Idaho, Montana, Oregon, it's insane. Yeah, I, I got invited to go uh, elk hunting in Montana this year. Mm. Um, it's exciting, but it's the middle of grizzly bear central oh yeah yeah that makes it more exciting though <laughs> it's, it's, it's scary you gotta it's be exciting ready. and then you can't be too comfortable which is good oh no oh no <laughs> when i'm when i'm out there in idaho the wolves are so freaking bad there's no grizzlies they say mm. there's grizzlies like a couple hundred miles away i don't know how they can't be right there those things cover so much Land. I would just do. A, I would just get a hammock, man, and put your hammock up like 15 feet. And <laughs> yeah, I did that in Australia last year. That was crazy nuts because the animals were right in the middle of their rut, so they're fighting in the middle of the night right next to me. It's so hard to sleep in a hammock as it is. Yeah, it is. You want to slide mm-hmm. down, and when it's cold, all that cold air comes up from the bottom. Yeah, and um, and then in Australia, you got everything there wants to kill you. Um, I've got one of those like mosquito net kind of yeah, hammocks, hammock, yeah. and it's a zipper, and um, it has a string that goes all the way across, and so the top of it's like five, six inches from my face. I remember the first night I woke up, and the, the moon is just full moon, everything, and I look, and there's a spider as <laughs> big as my hand, five inches from my face. I scream like a freaking chick, dude batted that thing my friends are laughing they have no cover over their thing oh man um all the brown snakes and the red bellied black snakes are cruising around these things will kill you like that yeah. these guys don't even care i'm petrified yeah when we when we were in australia um for our shooting our film my son i, I watch him he, we're in uh uh red bluff uh-huh. northwest oz and i see my son chasing this thing <laughs> and I was like, what's he chasing? And I go over, I, I run after him, and he's like, chase full. He's chasing a baby brown snake. The thing's oh, right in front of him, running away from him. He, think, he thought it was a lizard. Oh, God. I'm just like, man. Those and things, and those, those, those are the worst. The those baby are the, ones are the worst. Yeah, but those brown snakes are known for chasing you. Yeah. Yeah. So the guys told me, they're like, hey, these things will chase after you. You just run for your life, <laughs> try and throw your bow down on it, you know, oh, and God. just run. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> this place is sketchy, crazy, man. Yeah, there's a lot of venomous creatures over there. Oh, yeah. And I watched the, you know, like I said, I couldn't sleep at night just because of all that crap that was going on. Then we'd wake up in the morning before the sun comes up and get our stuff together, make sure there's no spiders in our stuff, you know, because you got the trapdoor spiders and the recluse spiders and the, there's so many different ones there. It's yeah. gnarly and, um, and then we'd go out for the day. And then around lunchtime, these guys would just pass out. They would just, boom, face right in the dirt. <laughs> There's trapdoor spiders right next to their face coming out of the hole, going back in, coming out, going back in. I'm like, 
holy crap, I couldn't sleep. I'm just like pinned against a tree. That's when you get bit, when you're afraid of stuff, man. It somehow just it gets you. I swear. Yeah. The only thing I didn't run into was a croc. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of wild stuff over there, man. Australia is insane. It's really, that's what I love about that place too, though. You kind of got to be on your toes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, being on your toes, man, you guys have started a new business over on Kauai, and you're trying to make it a statewide business. Uh, shave Ice. Yeah. Juice, and what's it called? Um, so it's called Hanalei Wishing Well. Uh-huh. Wishing Well, Hanalei, either one. And you and, and uh, Jesse Merle Jones. Me and uh, my friend Jesse Merle Jones, longtime friend, started it. Or didn't start it. We took it over from a lady um, an auntie on Kauai that we used to get shave ice from, Auntie Diana, and mm. um, she recently passed away. Um, rest in peace. But yeah, we were really blessed to get this business that had been, had kind of had a foundation already, and um, we implemented organic shave ice. Started making our own flavors from the local fruits. Oh wow! And you know, applying applying fruit toppings and all. You know, we have so an abundance of fruit over here, as you know. Put a fruit topping on a shave ice. On a shave ice. So we serve it in a bowl. Never seen that. We serve it in a bowl, yeah. And um, we have whatever the season. Obviously, summer is insane because you got all the fruits, mangoes, everything. Um, But it's it's killer. It's like it just gives a different texture to the shave ice when you eat it, Uh and it tastes like the fruit that you would eat, you know. Yeah. out in the field like it's if you have mango it tastes like mango it doesn't taste like this processed mango you right because most and, people take like an acai bowl you yeah. know and it's a frozen you know brazilian berry pretty yeah. much right yeah and uh and then load it with fruit but i've never seen a shave ice one like that yeah no it's really good so it's and and we've we've gotten we get better and better at making our syrups Mm-hmm. And uh, we finally kind of got a good formula going, and we do acai bowls and coffee, and it's been fun to dive into to a new chapter in my in my life and in, in our life, having a business on Kauai. You know, traveling, surfing. You're I was never home too much for right. for first for twenty years really, and um, coming back home and and being able to do something at home that can keep us at, keep us home and pay our bills and and allow us to be creative still you know we have a brand slow yourself down Uh that's also going to be is launching with this business um you've been sponsored by hurley forever yeah so i've been with hurley for a long time and that's kind of coming to a to a close here yeah really thankful for them and and everything they've done for me uh through the years and i wouldn't be here if, if not for them but it's exciting to kind of branch away and, and be on on my own and open a new chapter open a new chapter and see what happens you know yeah. um it's it's fun life is i love not knowing and just being able to have each day guide me to the next right. and then be open to whatever you know now where are you guys going next you guys are on tour pretty much a movie tour yeah so we're here on the big island now we we go from here to the big to uh santa barbara uh-huh California. It's going to be really fun. There's there, the Santa Barbara Film Festival over there. And then we go to New York um, for a little while. And from New York, we go to Australia for the Byron Bay Film Festival. Okay. Owl, actually, that's uh, around the same time as the Gold Coast contest, right? I'm not sure. Yeah. Is it? Maybe March. It March. Uh, it's February. Yeah. But then, yeah, I guess so. The Gold Coast is March, so it's right there. Yeah, so I'll be over there. Maybe I'll I'll see you over there. Yeah, 
Yeah, that'd be fun. I, ha- sure. I still haven't been to Byron Bay yet. I haven't either. No. My wife has. She loves it. She's claiming it and super excited to be over there. So um, I heard yeah, that place stoked. is just, it's just like Kauai. Yeah. That's what they say. Small town and beautiful, beautiful waterfalls and warm and yeah. Yeah, it's a beautiful hippie place. Hippie vibe. Yeah, hippie vibe. Yeah. I guess they, and then you guys like, will fit in perfect. <laughs> <laughs> like most places, like most coastal areas, it's it's getting more and more populated. I hear, but um, but yeah, still beautiful and amazing. Yeah, and then when where from there? From there, we actually we come back home, and our film goes live on iTunes. I think on the fifteenth of February. Mm. So, yeah. yeah. Now, um, what are you guys doing with the kids the whole time? Are you homeschooling them? Yeah, we have, well, so we have a school, two schools, or yeah, I mean, two schools that we started with uh, parents, other parents. So we, we have two teachers, one that teaches first grade and one that teaches third grade, our son's class. Right. And we have a group of parents that chip in to pay for the teacher and pay for the space. And, and yeah, we, we have like mentors that come through. It's kind of two, two homeschool slash you know, I don't know what you would call it, but kind of homeschool style, you know, where we're, but we're not teaching the kids. We have teachers doing it. Um, really, really good teachers that have been teaching in all different schools throughout their careers, Set. you know. Set. So do you guys just like turn it in or is it computered or? Um, no. So that's there. The teachers are there grading and on site, you know. Yeah, but when you're traveling. Oh, when we're traveling, yeah, we take homework. The teachers set us up with a book, and then we teach the kids. So, yeah, yeah we have a full homework plan. Are, um, are the kids good at doing it, or are they just like, uh, Yeah, they, you know, <laughs> nobody likes homework. Yeah. You know, so it's challenging, but they do it. I know when we're in Fiji, um, I always get the duty of doing Jackson Dorian's homework with them because... Yeah. Mom and dad can't handle it. You know, <laughs> he's just like, I, I hate homework. I want to surf, man. Oh, yeah. Same thing. And Same like, thing with no, our no, kids. No, 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 no. Sit your butt down here, boy. Come on. Let's yeah. get to it. I mean, there's certain there's certain things that, that like, given he's fine with doing math and and art, you know, but other stuff he freaks out on writing. You know, he, does, he has to do cursive writing and he does all kinds of other writing and stuff. That's crazy because, like, Jake's school does, they don't even t- teach cursive anymore. Yeah, they took it out of schools, yeah. public schools. He's like, he has no idea how to write cursive. Yeah, it's like, a bummer. You've got to be kidding me. You're 16 years old. You it's did, a bummer. You can't properly sign your name. I had to do, teach him that myself. Yeah. And uh, Yeah, it's a bummer they took it out of public schools because it's, it's really, uh, it's an art form in itself. And I think it really helps their motor skills. Um, just just that whole process of of. You know those little circles and half circles mm-hmm. and Tying connecting, connecting yeah. together. I think there's a lot that has to be said about that. And you hear these. We have a like a 85 year old cursive writing teacher that comes in and teaches our classes, and she's awesome, yeah. Mrs. Mary, and um, and she's just uh, she's amazing. And the I, kids I, love I, her. I remember when I was growing up in school. You know, you had. All these signs that, you know, showed you how to do the big A, the little A, yep. and the cursive. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It was it was just standard. Yeah. yeah it kind of blows me away that they would cut stuff out like that. I don't know. I don't know. Why. I mean, computers. Schools are getting so it's gone. freaking gnarly these days, though. Yeah. It's gone from, you know, now they're putting that time into computers. Right. Into typing. Because they, they believe that's the future, which maybe it is, but the foundation should still have the foundation of the other stuff, so you know. 
how to yeah. do it. Yeah, I'm watching some of the stuff that goes on in the schools these days, and um, it's it's am- it's amazing. And the kids come home, and they're like, yeah, all our teachers are just pushing Hillary Clinton, and some are pushing Trump. Hey, you can't even, isn't that against the law? Yeah. I don't think you can even do that. Yeah. You're supposed to be able to keep that stuff to yourself. And I just saw something on on uh, the news the other day where this uh, teacher, they were showing the inauguration. Mm-hmm. And um, she walks up and it was, it was broadcasted on the wall in the class with a full class, some lady in Texas. And she walks up and she has like a squirt gun or something like that. But she pointed at Trump and screams, die. Whoa. Yeah. And somebody captured it on their phone. In school. In the school. Jeez. And, of course, she got freaking booted. Yeah. But still, it's that's that's the kind of shit our kids are going through in school. So It's intense, man. I, and the, I mean, it's intense for the teachers, too. Just, you know, I feel for them because it's not their fault. It's not the teacher's fault. There's just so many kids these days. You yeah. Know, a teacher has 30 kids in their classroom. Right. I got two kids, and it's hard enough to keep in track and giving them each enough attention. Yeah, you know, and um, well, that was know. one of the things I helped with Jake's school was because he was struggling really, really hard, and I'm like, what the hell is going on here? You know, because when I work with him, he's really good. Yeah, um, and every kid is designed differently. Yeah, you know, and um, so I went into the school, and you could see the classes are anywhere from 30 to 45 kids with one teacher yeah and nobody's getting any one-on-one yeah and so you know i help restructure with the school and restructure some classes around and all these kids that were failing put them in a different class where they got more attention from the teacher every single one turned into an honor roll student yeah it's crazy yeah and so they've they've been able to use that design in the school over here, and that's cool, and kind of help change things up a bit. Yeah, I mean, it seems like people are quick. Uh, schools are quick to just put you in a category. Oh, that kid's uh, you know autistic. Put him over there. You right. know, like instead of hey, maybe just give the kid a little more attention, and he he might blow your mind, or she might blow your mind. You know, like they're it's 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 kind of it's sad. You know, and there's not enough time. Or they're all ADD. Or they're all ADD. And, and they, you know, yeah, it's like, it's kind of sad. It's really sad. I, you know, hopefully they can come to some sort of, I think that, you know, what it comes down to is it's going to come down to the parents taking the, taking it into their own hands. Exactly. You know? And, uh, and teaching and finding out solutions to teaching their kids. You know, my wife and, uh, and her friend, the teacher that teaches our first grade class are starting a school, homeschool now. And it's going to be a great, uh, great outlet a great place to go and get information uh-huh. to if you want to start your own little school or your own little program within your area right and it'll give you um you know uh ideas and and ways to and maybe you know also connect you with maybe teachers in your area and stuff like that yeah um because there's a lot of teachers out there that aren't teaching mm-hmm. they came to they, they went to school they their dreams were to teach and to, to do that and they aren't able to do that because of uh, it's another plane. Another plane, but they're you know they they have they have a hard time and they end up quitting school because they feel like they're not doing what they you know set out to do. Right. And uh, so there's a lot, like I said, there's a lot of teachers that are wanting. Yeah, there's there's um, so many good work. Te- there's so many good teachers out here, and and also pay 
they don't pay our teachers good enough. No, um, you they, can't buy it. If you're a teacher and you're you're getting the next generations ready to to take care of this place that we live, this planet, and and you know go off and they're the ones getting all these kids ready, and they they can't even go out and buy a home for themselves. Right, or a car, or a car. They're 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 scrambling. They're Can you just, imagine if they made as much as doctors, people. Totally. You know. Yeah. Everybody be like, oh my gosh, I want to be a teacher. Yeah. Yeah. So, so there's definitely a lot of stuff that, that needs to change, but that's a good way. You know, the parents can take it into their own hands and get a group of parents together and, and just hire a teacher. Right. Pay the teacher well. She'll, him that's or her, they'll love, they'll love, love to do that. Yeah. You know, we have people contacting us all the time. Hey, well, how do we do this? What do we do? You know? Yeah. So well, that's, that's a really good idea. Yeah. So you guys plan on doing that pretty much the rest of for the now, that's, lives? For now, that's what we're doing, you know? Um. Ideally, yeah, it's 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 working out great. Our our kids are, I feel, are pretty intelligent, mm-hmm. um, and and you know they they learn a lot in two hours. You know, you go to school and public schools, you go for so many for you know whatever eight hours, six hours, that, right? And um, you really only need a, a couple hours to teach a kid. Do you let your kids watch a lot of TV? No. Yeah. No, we don't have cable TV. Yeah. Um, just a, we mo- have movies a movie and stuff. Yeah. here and there yeah yeah we'll do the movie thing right yeah but try to keep them outside well that's a big old gust of wind trash is flying everywhere jeez um, the county obviously is not um, doing cleanups around here because it's insane there's just trash it. piled all over this camp or yeah I'm gonna just, pack that in real quick okay we'll, we'll take a pause real quick Wow. Okay, so we're back. Um, that yeah. was a lot of trash, dude. Jeez, man, that was crazy. Yeah, it just uh, that huge gust of wind just came, blew everything everywhere. Trash cans, trash blowing everywhere. Look at that. There's another bag just came from nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> man. Uh, no, but we're getting close. We're gonna wrap things up here. But you know, I, you live in a, in such a special place, dude, and you've been to so many amazing places. You know, one of the things I ask everybody is, have they ever experienced anything supernatural? Um, whether it be, you know, ghosts, um, alien, whatever. You know, there's there's some crazy stuff that happens in this world, and and you've yeah. been to some of these crazy places, and I've had some insane experiences on your island myself. Um, but has anything ever happened to you? Um, yeah, actually. Uh, when I was younger, my friends and I were camping uh, down on the beach in Princeville, and when, there's a lady, one of our kupunas in Honolulu School. When we went to, when when I went there, her name was Kupuna Santos, and she would always talk about night marchers and spirits that would come come ashore and and kind of patrol the shorelines at times. And uh, so you know, we always come from the ocean. I don't know where they would come from, but they would walk the shoreline, you know, right. um, just kind of protecting the place or whatever it, it was they were doing. And we always just kind of thought she was joking and we didn't believe in that stuff or whatever. But we were camping one night and uh, I'll just never forget. My skin stood up on my arms. We heard these weird noises and uh, and then there was like a, a light and it was a uh, you could just see these shadows walking walking on the rocks at a, at a speed that was not really doable. Mm-hmm. 
unless you were you were running. It wasn't actually it wasn't running. It was more of like a like a fast walk. Right. Uh, and my friends freaked out and ran. And Kupuna Santos, I remember her always just saying, "Hey, if this ever happens to you, you know, just lay down with your face down and and just." Uh, let them go through. Let them go through and just let them know, like, hey, I'm, I'm here in peace. I mean, no, right. I mean, no disrespect and, uh, you know, just kind of show your, show that you're, you know, I don't know, that you're just aware and, and, and you, you mean no harm, you know? So right. I was just doing that. I was laying down and just like face on the ground. And I, I remember just hearing a strange noise and then looking at the ground, but in the, on my peripheral, I could just see the, this light just moving by kind of, you know, right along the shoreline in the water a little bit. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't guys walking with flashlights looking for right. taco, you know, no. <laughs> it wasn't, uh, it was, it was very strange and odd. And, and, um, but so that was, you know, that was a big, that was one that was definitely, I know was, was out there. Uh-huh. Maybe it was night marchers, something like that. But, um, there's been other little things that have happened. You know, you get weird feelings. I've had weird feelings up up, up valley, up Mauka. Right. You just the skin goes up on your back, and your your uh, all the hair is standing up on your arms, and you're going, "What is going on here?" Yeah. You know, and you know there's a presence. Anything in Fiji? In Fiji? Uh, Fiji, not so much. I've seen some heavy things in Fiji. Um, my friends people eat people no <laughs> because you know you grew up not not long ago they oh, were yeah. still eating people yeah which in a way like hey if there's if there's someone in your village causing problems and your village is a tight-knit kind of you know group right that they're there that it's a village and it works a certain way and it's about protecting itself and feeding itself and you know you got somebody stealing. You got someone doing bad things. Right. That was the old way, you know. You take care of them. And put them in a pot. And they're gone, you know. And then your life runs smoothly after that. And in, and in a lot of ways, I, I, that makes sense to me a little bit, you know. Did, um, they, did they ever talk about how they would eat them? Did they roast them? Did they put them in a pot? Uh, make a stew? Just probably put them in the emu, you know, underground. <laughs> right. You know. <laughs> but no, not really. I don't, I don't really try to address that too much. You know, it's kind of a touchy subject, but um, I do. You know, Polynesians are are snap. You know, you they're most beautiful, amazing people, and but you just don't you don't want to get them riled up. And I've I have been in a I've seen before where my friends, a guy from another island, came and uh, was was wanting to kind of trying to be with one of these girl, one of the girls from the island that I was living on. Mm-hmm. And they took this guy, he'd come in on a fishing boat, and the guy was kind of disrespectful, and they took this guy and nailed him to a coconut tree Wait. by his hands, just like Jesus, and by his, to his feet. No way. And that was heavy. And they left him there? They left him there, and he pulled himself down and swam out to his boat and bailed. Oh, my gosh. So that was pretty heavy. Yeah, don't, don't piss them off. <laughs> Don't piss them off, man. They, they just, you know, there's a there's a redness that comes if you get them super angry. When I was a kid, I've had some of my friends, like, I'd get them angry, and they'd ch- chase me with machetes. Like, really? running, sprinting after me with a sharp machete. Like, <laughs> ah, you just, you're, 
<laughs> running your ass off, like, you know, and uh, no, fly no, up a tree, and yeah. I have my other friends tackling them, and you know, <laughs> they get <laughs> snarly. Now you carry a machete with you everywhere you go. Oh yeah, I jumped in the car with you right now, and. Uh, you have a machete, a oh, yeah. machete, right next to where I'm sitting. I'm like, uh, okay, am I? <laughs> I always got, my, I always got my machete. I, I don't, leave. I don't plan on pissing you off. I bro. don't leave home without it. <laughs> you never know when you need one. You know. What do you? You got to check that in. Put it yeah, in your I check it in. Baggage. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I have a duffel bag that that can handle a, a four foot, three foot long machete. You know. Are you gonna take that thing with you to Santa Barbara and to New York? What are you gonna do? No. With, what, what are you gonna do with a machete in New York? I won't take it with me there. <laughs> I usually take it with me just if I'm going uh, anywhere country, anywhere with its coconuts. Uh huh. Australia. You know? Or will you I'll just get one it. in Australia? I'll, I'll probably take it to Australia, or maybe I'll get one there. They have good machetes there. Yeah. You know. Um, now, what makes a, a machete good? Because there's so many different variations in machetes. I like the Fijian machete because of how thin the metal is uh-huh. and how pliable it is. It doesn't bend at all. Right. I mean, it, it, it bends. Right, because it seems it, kind of flimsy. It's flimsy, but it comes back to, to its form. To true form. It's a true, it comes back to its true form. You can bend it like a half circle, and it'll come back. Because I watched that TV show Forged in Fire. Have you ever seen that? Mm-mm. Oh, that's right. You don't have cable, so you don't watch it. Yeah. But um, it's really cool, so maybe try uh, YouTubing it or something. Yeah. And they have these competitions where you've got some of the best guys in the world that are, what do you, what do you, Blacksmiths yep. is what you would call them. Yep. They build um, all these different kinds of swords and from different eras, and they have to they have to go through all these rigorous testing. Um, is this will this kill a, a person? They have huge slabs of like cow and stuff, oh, wow. and they have to sl- try and swing and slice through it. If it cuts all the way through, you know, like cuts it in half. Yeah, yeah. Um, some guys' stuff breaks. Yep. They're not strong enough, and they do this where they stick it like in a vice type thing, and they have a degree, and they have to bend it 20 degrees in either direction. Mm-hmm. And uh, a true solid one is always going to come right back to center and be perfect. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of how the Fijian blade is. You know, it's a wider blade, uh, but it's thin, so... You can sharpen it easy with a hand file. I don't, I don't really like to use electric sharpeners and all that stuff. I, I, I enjoy sharpening my, my knife, and it's, it's kind of time to, to myself. With a file or a stone? With a hand file. Yeah. Um, or a stone. You know, stone, you can get it nice too, but I like the hand file. And it's, you know, if you're, you can, it's because it's thin, you can slice through anything. Like right. it's. And uh, if you're cutting hard wood and hard stuff, the, the the metal can ding a little bit sometimes, but it's easy to file right through that, you know? Yeah. Um, you can Have you ever tried to shave your face with mm-hmm. one? After I've shaved my leg just yeah. for fun. Just shaved a piece of, you know, that's like you can check how sharp it is by doing that, you know? Right. Yeah. I usually do it right on my arm or something. Yeah, on your arm, yeah. Yeah. But, no, I like the Fijian blade, and I like the length of it. You know, it's got a, it's got like a two-foot handle, so... You can hold it up up high, and when you're cutting coconuts, and you don't need much of much swing, much leverage, and then you can pull it, you know, hold it at the very end when you're, you can get down and then like the Fijians, they cut their grass like that, so they'll cut acres of lawn really with machetes. 
Uh, not nowadays they don't, but before that's what they did. So it was like you get down on and you squat and you're just you hold the very tail end of the blade and you've got three feet, almost like a sheath. And it's just foof, and that's that they would just clear whatever, clear yeah. everything with it. And they know? got giant cane grass out there too. Yeah, and you can cut coconut trees down in no time with those. Huh. I, could, I could cut a coconut tree down in like you know ten minutes with a with with that Fijian blade. Right. So it's a, it's it's killer. It, it cuts like it cuts and through butter. They're super lightweight too, because you know a lot of the machetes that we get over here that you see, they're freaking heavy. They're heavy. I mean, a lot of people use the springs, which is great, you know. But when like you, you could with feel that, it when right you hit in it, your elbow and in your shoulder, you yeah. know, you when you swing and you hit you hit a piece of wood with that, it's like oh, ding, ding. you know, it's like rattles your your teeth, you know. Yeah. Where the Fijian one, it's it just goes in, and then there's not the. It's definitely a lot more forgiving, and, um, uh, and that's just my theory, you know. Uh, right. And of, some people like the other, the, the thicker ones. The thing with the thicker one, too, you, it's really hard to sharpen with a fi- hand file with those. Right. Because the metal's so thick, and you got to bring that metal back. Like, you got to, it's got to, you know, you got to start way back in order to really bring it to a sharp, real sharp, you know? Right. Now, uh, can you climb coconut trees? Yeah. Are you really good at that? Like yep. really tall ones? Yep. What do you put the machete in your mouth? I just, just put the machete up the tree, tree and just keep notching it up the tree. Just just hit the machete, climb, put take the machete out, hit it in, climb. Oh, cool. With the long machete, that's nice too because I can put it above my head, ping, climb up, take it out, put it above my head, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, are you are you teaching Given to do that? Oh, he can do it already, yeah. Yeah. He's just yeah. hellies up those trees like it's nothing, huh? Yeah, he can launch up. No worries. You know, I have um, two trees in my yard yep. that are loaded with coconuts. You nice. Guys, you guys need to do a little tree cleaning for me Yeah. while you guys are here. Maybe we'll do that when we get back. <laughs> well, Amayan, thanks for being on the show. Yeah, right on. Thanks for having me. Dude, I love you a long time. Yeah, We've been was... friends for a long time. Mahalo. And, uh, Thanks I for letting us stay at your pad, too. Any Good stuff. Anytime, anytime. You know my home's your home, so. Cool. Shoots, well, let's get out of here. I know the wife is probably going, where the hell are these guys? And Next stop, Alaska. Next stop, Alaska. It's going to be so much fun. Yep. All right. Okay, buddy. And thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Until next time, uh, who we hope. Thanks, mine for being on the show, and thank you, everyone, for tuning in. As you guys know, I've been flying all over the place lately, and that's thanks to Mokalele Airlines. They are a family-owned and operated business that tries to make inner island travel as easy and affordable as possible. With over 120 flights daily throughout the Hawaiian Islands with no TSA. That's right, no TSA. Why would you not want to book your next trip or upcoming vacation with Mokalele Airlines? I know I do. You can find them at mokulele.com. That's M-O-K-U-L-E-L-E.com. Or find them on Facebook at Mokulele, uh, Twitter at Mokulele Air, and Instagram at Mokulele Airlines. Um, Original Nutritionals. These guys aren't your regular meathead supplement brand. It's just pure basic and essential food and supplements to support what they call a clean athlete lifestyle. My buddy Logan founded the company with a food-first approach working with average men and women like you and I to the best action sports stars and team sport athletes in the world. These guys know how to do it right. Head over to OriginalNutritionals.com, grab what you need, like some fish oils or some of that Java nut butter. And for listening, all you got to do is enter in promo code DOZENOSE at checkout and get 15% off. That's 15% off at with DOZENOSE at OriginalNutritionals.com.
Hurley. I want to talk about my friends at Hurley. I've known Bob for a long time. And I remember the day he started the brand back in 1999. At the time, surfing was all about being cooler than the other guy and keeping it as exclusive as possible. With the launch of Hurley, Bob changed the perception of what surfing can be. For him, it's all about positivity, inclusiveness, making the absolute best product, and empowering the next generation. <laughs> Something they've done for sure. Fast forward to today, and his vision has never been more relevant. Bob makes, uh, or should I say Hurley, makes the best board shorts in the world, hands down. The Phantom board short is just insane. Um, but there's so much more to the brand, from their partnership with Nike to the work on clean drinking water and to their world champions that they have, John John Florence and Chris Moore. Oh, yeah. Hurley is a brand of now and tomorrow for surfers and anyone else interested in getting in the water. Check them out at Hurley.com. Here's a shout-out to one of our newest sponsors. Uh, they've been around with us now for about a month and a half. Green Superfood Brew. These guys are legit. They're based out of Kailua on Oahu. And their mission is to help support healthy and active lifestyles with their organic and kick-ass beverage. Green Superfood Brew, and that's G-R-3-E-N, is the go-to beverage for surfers, divers, hunters, pretty much anyone who lives an action-packed lifestyle. This certified organic brew contains powerful green tea to give you that natural boost, hydrating coconut water to keep you going strong, and kale to keep your body loaded with all the phytonutrients that you need. Look, guys, if you haven't tried green, um, you seriously don't know what you're missing. But good news is the boys at Green believe in the product so much they're willing to let you try it for free. With this right here on the Doznos podcast, just go to their website, and that's gr3en.org. Use promo code DOZER3, and you can get a three-can trial pack for free. You just pay the flat rate USPS postage to get the cans delivered to your door. This stuff sells for around three bucks a can in the stores. So here's your chance to get three for free. So go find out firsthand what makes this super functional beverage so legit and see what it can do for you. I love the way it makes me feel, and I'm confident you will. So try three for free today. Go to their website, gr3en.org. Use promo code DOZER3 and get your three-can trial pack. Oakley sunglasses. It's the only thing I have on my face. Are you kidding me? They're badass. <laughs> Their phantom uh, prism lenses um, are legit. Prism, I don't think that they can get any better than this. Uh, whether you're golfing, whether you're an aviator or um, a motorcycle rider or a fisherman, they have lenses that are good for each and every one of your lifestyles. Me, personally, I have the Two-Faced on right now. And these things are legit, man. I dropped them the other day and accidentally ran them over with my car. I did not even break them. And I didn't even scratch the lens. I love these things. They're not crooked on my face. They fit perfect. So go check them out, oakley.com. Also, if you're ever in Venice Beach, go check out Deuce Gym. It's where I go when I get my workout on when I'm in L.A. Whether you're 8 or 80, these guys will customize a workout for you. Um, and whether it's cardio, strength training, strongman training, CrossFit, anything. They'll make it work for you. So go check them out. Deuce Gym and find them online at deucegym.com. Um, Kona Coffee and Tea. Best coffee on the planet, in the world. We all know that. Kona Coffee. They grow the stuff up on the slopes of Hualalai. Bring it down to us fresh every single day. Roasted. And we get to enjoy them. If you ever want to see me in the mornings, 
come down there. I'm usually there around 8.30. Come say hi. Maybe I'll buy you a cup of coffee. Uh, Maverick Sport Fishing. Uh, Captain Trevor Child. We'll go check him out at maverick.sportfishingkona.com or give Trevor a call at 808-896-7985. These guys specialize in half-day, full-day, three-quarter day, and uh, overnight charters. You ever want to get your hands on that giant 1,000-pound marlin? This is the place to do it. So go check them out. Captain Trevor Child, Maverick Sport Fishing. (coughs) Excuse me. Uh, Last but not least, GoPro. They've been transforming the way people visually capture and share their lives. What began as an idea to help athletes self-document themselves engaged in their sport, GoPro has become a standard for how people capture themselves engaged in their interests, whatever they may be, from extreme to mainstream, professional to consumer. GoPro enables the world to capture and share its passion in the form of immersive and engaging content. <clears throat> for more information, just go to GoPro.com or check them out on all social media, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest, Instagram, LinkedIn. Go see their new Hero 5s, the Session 5, and the new Karma Drone, which I want really, really bad. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in, and until next time, we hope. If you don't know, now you Those knows Everybody knows those now Everybody knows those now Everybody knows those And if you don't know